right, welcome back to Made Arbitration. Let me start this off by thanking Mr. John Poskin for the episode last week. Did a great job. Sorry that I had to uh, rubber band him to my microphone, but uh, I'm going to get that fixed. Mr. Cole Billups is uh, going to give me something to download that should take care of that issue. <laughs> I just, I'm just terrible at that kind of stuff, man. It's embarrassing, but I just, I'm just terrible, and I'll admit it. So, but thank you, John. I appreciate you, my man. Uh, you did a really good job. Got a lot of uh, positive comments about it. A lot of people asking about it. So, a great job. Um, got a lot to talk about today. A lot to go over. A lot to go over. Um, Going to do some discipline again. Uh, do some uh, medical documentation requests. I'm going to do the load truck feature. Uh, so a lot of stuff. Going to do a lot of reading, but I think it should help. Uh, Jeremy is out of town for a while, so he will not have all this stuff downloaded until later this week. Uh, there'll be a lot of templates for you. Uh, things that I read today will be on the episode. So uh, just hold tight and uh, Jeremy have all that up for you. There'll be some things that you'll want to have. Uh, things that you'll want to to have for your grievances when we file grievances on this load truck feature and, and all of that. So, y'all are y'all a big fan of Socrates? Y'all ever read Socrates? Uh, one of my favorite sayings from him is they said, Socrates asks, "How does one to know who is an enemy and who is a friend? The enemy of my enemy is my friend." And the friend of my enemy is my enemy. That's one of my favorite sayings. I'll read it again. Socrates asks, How does one to know who is an enemy and who is a friend? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And the friend of my enemy is my enemy. Why is that important? Because the rule carriers are an enemy of my enemy which makes them my friend. I have a lot of rule carriers listening to this podcast, a lot. And we talk a lot, a lot of conversation with rule carriers. Both my parents are retired rule carriers, uh, so uh, I have a, a fondness for them. Uh, I've seen them attacked a lot lately uh, because of, of them and how these scanners have devastated the rule carrier craft. They have devastated the rural carrier craft. You've got people that have lost upwards of $15,000 based off of these scanners, the route uh, adjustments based off of these scanners. Um, I am not one of those. I will never attack a friend. And, and the rural carriers to me are our friends because they are an enemy of my enemy. And who is my enemy? Management. Management is my enemy. And so, rural carriers, I, I sympathize with you. And, and I hate that that's happened. Uh, we have one person to blame and one person only, our union. That's who you blame. I have never seen the amount of questions being asked on social media about what happened. What went wrong? What did we do wrong? What should we have done? What were we not taught what did we not learn? Um, I'll give you an example. I just pulled this up just a second ago. 
It says, Rural Carry out of North Carolina here. I was just curious how many offices feel they were properly trained for new payment schemes, scanners, all scans, mapping, etc. Because after one year in, I haven't spoken with one office that feels they were. And that's the consensus on everything that I've seen, is that they were not prepared. Do you know whose fault that is when you're not prepared? It's not management's. It's your union's fault. Uh, I don't know if y'all remembered, but when these memos came out, 1982, 83, 84, about our route adjustments, the T-Rap and all that, I blasted my union, blast them, because we were not prepared at all. Matter of fact, I took about eight or nine episodes just on the new T-Rap process, because I'm going to try to educate as much as I can. I know what's coming. I know what's fixing to happen, because I know management. I know them like the back of my hand. And so when these new memos came out, I'm reading these memos, and I'm thinking, the city letter care craft is not ready. They're not prepared for this. And I know that y'all remember what I was talking about, expect complete mayhem, expect that. That's what just happened to the rural care craft, complete mayhem. Uh, and that's what's, what they're trying to do now with the, the city care craft, uh, with all these things. And I'll talk about some of them in a second, but that's the reason I stopped everything I was doing. And for about eight or nine episodes, I had JB coming in here talking about pet, talking about 3996s. We were talking about protecting our routes. We are talking about the only standard we have is 18 and 8. We were talking about no office standard, how uh, management cannot expect a certain time on the street, how we have no office standard in the PM when people are saying they told us five minutes, ten minutes, three minutes, how none of that is legitimate. Uh, we spent a great deal of time trying to get the city letter care craft prepared for what's coming on this podcast. Uh, and I know that I took a lot of flack for that and I don't care. Uh, I know that there are people that don't like my podcast. I don't care. I told y'all at the very beginning, I, I you cannot hurt my feelings because I have none. I don't. I'm a city letter carrier trying to protect city letter carriers. I don't care if anybody likes that. If anybody's with me, I don't. Uh, I'm going to continue to try to protect city letter carriers on this podcast. And that's what I was doing when these memos came out. I was saying, hey, city letter carriers, listen to me. Our union has let us down. They have failed us in all of this. These memos came out. We don't know what in the hell is going on. We don't know what, what is in them. I was talking with people. Remember, I talked to people and they're like, just read the memo. But that doesn't help me. You know, talk to me about what's going on here. So I just read the damn memos on the podcast, trying to get us ready. Why? Because our union had failed us there initially. Rural cares, your union has failed you here. Uh, you cannot have that many people on social media saying, what happened? Why? We weren't educated. We didn't know. We weren't ready. So I sympathize with you. Y'all need to ask long, hard questions to your union about what happened. I think that they put a, a kind of a hiatus on the implementation of a lot of these things, and I hope that it doesn't go through because uh, they got devastated, devastated, right? Um, but I'm with you, rural carriers. I'm with you. I, I wish I could help you. I can't, but, you know, I, I wish I could, but... Um, 
But anyway, that saying was always one of my favorites. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and the rule carriers are my friend because they're an enemy of my enemy. Unfortunately, the friend of my enemy is my enemy, sometimes is us. Sometimes is us. Uh, I've got a lot of messages this week about business agents that have basically are in bed with management. Uh, a lot of messages about uh, one individual business agent. I've gotten about four different messages from four different people in four different areas of the same region talking about their business agent has instructed the B team, do not pursue a cease and assist any longer because it will bankrupt the postal service. Uh, and if anybody doubts that, if anybody doubts what I'm saying, I've taken screenshots of them. And I'll send them to you if anybody doubts what I'm saying. We've got a business agent telling the B team to not pursue a cease and desist because it will bankrupt the Postal Service. Can you imagine that? From, from four different people in four different areas of the region, it's not the same person. How is it possible that a business agent is telling the B team don't pursue a cease and desist? It'll bankrupt the Postal Service. That sounds like labor. I deal with that in arbitration. Labor is the one who says that in arbitration to an arbitrator. That the union is trying to bankrupt the Postal Service with these cease and desist. The, the, the labor in my district had that exact same argument in one of the biggest wins I've ever had. They're like, the union, all they want is money. All they want, all this, you know, escalated remedy, escalated remedy, cease and desist, cease and desist. All they're trying to do is bankrupt the Postal Service. Hell, I've got a business agent telling the B team to no longer pursue a cease and desist. The friend of my enemy is my enemy. Right? The friend of my enemy is my enemy. When you are in the union and you sound like labor, you are the friend of my enemy. So therefore, you are my enemy. So that business agent is an enemy to me. Why? Because he is a friend to my enemy. That's why. All I care about is city letter carriers. So if you are doing anything to harm them, like I used to always say, friend or foe, friend or foe, I'm against you. So that business agent, I'm against you, sir for telling your B team to no longer pursue a cease and assist. You're part of the problem. How you got your position, I do not know. I have no idea. Surely you weren't elected. Surely you weren't elected if you're doing some shit like that. I had an individual, I'll read you something here in a second, said that they went to training, regional training, and in the class, my podcast came up in one of these classes. And an RA was in there talking about me <laughs> and said that, uh, you know, be careful with him because he calls business agents pieces of shit. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, in the class. They said that uh, they were like talking about the podcast, all the things that I was doing, and the RA says, hey, be careful with that Corey guy because he calls business agents pieces of shit. <laughs> I sure do. 
I sure do. I'll call them a piece of shit if they're a piece of shit. Do y'all not see what's going on here? Do, do y'all not understand what's happening to the to the the crafts? Look at the Royal Care craft, what just happened to them based off these scanners. Look at what just happened to them. I don't gloat in that. I'm not happy about that. I don't rejoice in that. I hurt for them. There are brothers and sisters as well. Do y'all see what's happening to them? Look at what's happening to the city letter carrier craft right now. How management has completely turned everything upside down in this in this country, trying to get us one way or another. And I'll get into some things here in just a second when I'm talking about. And you've got business agents stabbing us in the back. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, but I will call a spade a spade. I sure will. And if you're a business agent hurting my people, just like that RA said, I'm going to call you a piece of shit because that's what I think you are. Truly. Truly. I had a business agent reach out to me, take an exception to something. And I appreciated that. I did. I appreciate it. He messaged me on, on, on private messenger and said that, hey, that person you was talking about, you know, we've been, been dealing with him forever and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I've never mentioned a name of any person. I've never mentioned a name of any business agent. <laughs> right? So obviously I'm striking a nerve somewhere. Somewhere. Because I've never mentioned the name of anybody. So how do you know who I'm talking about? So, anyway, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Uh, I'm going to keep holding my people accountable. As much as it, it matters on this podcast, I don't know. It may not matter at all. It may not matter at all. But I'm going to keep holding them accountable to protect me and protect my people. Because that's what we pay you to do. You work for us. We don't work for you. So if you're irresponsible enough to tell the B team don't pursue a cease and assist, you're ignorant. You're a buffoon. You're a fool. If that's what you're doing. You're hurting us here. Um, but you, you had the initial wave of these memos. Our union did nothing for us. The memos come out. We weren't ready at any level. No business agent sit down any kind of directive. Look, here's what's coming out. Here's where we need to be prepared. Here's where we're lacking. Make sure that we're doing this. They were furious at me for getting on here trying to educate, which makes no sense whatsoever. So we get on here, JB and I, and we're trying to tell everybody, look, here's what's coming. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to protect ourselves. This is what the memos say. Right. And so not because of this podcast, but it doesn't go management's way initially. Right. They're losing their ass. Uh, what happened to the rule carriers, I'm sure, is what they thought would happen to us here. I'm almost positive that's what they thought would happen to us. But the rule carriers are evaluated a little bit different than we are. Right. So now you come back around and from headquarters down, they're given management false instruction they're giving management these instructions that they know 
are not contractual and they know are based on lies. That's what the that's what these new rules are based on. Hoping that they can get into some stations, some installations that don't know any better and and maybe steal a route or two based off of this false data that they're putting out there and these false memos and and these whiteboards. That's what they're doing now. And I'll read some things to you. These are some things that, that, that have been coming out. You know, you talked about the hour, hour office time. That's something new. That's based off of these memos. You talk about this 22-minute load time is rampant, rampant right now. You've not heard anything from any business agents giving any directive to anybody, any branch president saying, hey, look here, management is doing this. It's a bunch of shit. You got this red line policies are coming out, and I'll tell you something really funny about the red line policy here in a second. But you have these five-minute PM office times coming back rampant right now. You've got stationary events rampant right now. And what what are we hearing from anybody up above about that? Anything? I've not. I've not heard anything. You know how I keep saying that they have abandoned us on this workroom floor? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But I will continue to educate here for whoever's listening. I'm going to continue to educate here. People say, you know, why do you grieve everything? We grieve everything in this installation. Anything that comes out, we grieve it. Anything that management does, we grieve it. We don't let anything slide. Nothing slides here in this installation. JB grieves every single directive. Anything management does, JB grieves it. Make sure that the city is grieving it. I had was listening, following a thread on on these load truck features, where management nationwide is telling people to do the load truck feature. And this person says, "Why bother?" Well, just do it. Just do what they say. They are conditioning us with every single thing that they do, trying to get over on us. They are conditioning us to become like the rule cares. They're conditioning us with every single thing that they try to implement and see what they can get away with. So why? Fuck management. That's why. Fuck management. That's why. <laughs> That's why I grieve every single thing that they do because fuck them. And there's some chatter going around about my language on this podcast. I, I get that. I, nobody wants to hear all that shit, me cussing all the fucking time. And I get it. But I cuss. I say fuck a lot. I shouldn't, but fuck it. You know? I hate seeing what's going on with the city letter carrier craft right now. I hate this shit. It pisses me off. To know people up in Oregon and people down in Miami, people up in Maine are being dogged by management. And we got people saying, why, why are you doing that? Why grieve? Just do it. Why? Fuck all that. When I tell the, the shop steward to rise the fuck up, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Grieve every single thing that management does and kick them in the ass with that 8190 every single time. 
That's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. Anytime they have a new directive, I'm grieving that shit. I'm grieving it. I'm filing a damn grievance. Y'all would be so encouraged by the amount of victories that come into me. People saying, hey, look, we listened to this. We agreed that we won. Hey, this discipline we were going over, we won. Hey, these past practices that we were talking about, we won. Hey, this red line policy that was going on, we won. Y'all would be so encouraged if y'all could see those things. I'm not going to sit there and, and edit those things out, though, and put them up, but y'all would be so encouraged. I've been dealing with a guy in California, a hellraiser. This guy is a hellraiser, and management is attacking him, and he is a fucking bull. And he's sending me all these victories. They're disciplining them like crazy on attendance, on other things. And he'll send them to me, man, we'll go over them together. And he called me the other day, and this is what he said. I asked him, I said, hello, rescind and expunge. <laughs> that's, how he, that's how he answered me when I said hello. Yeah, phone rings, hello, rescind and expunge. I said, talk to me, baby, what we got? He said, man, that discipline he's working on, they had to rescind and expunge it. Good for you, man. Good for you. That's what this is all about. People that don't like me, I don't give a shit. People that say that I'm low character because I cuss, I don't give a fuck about that. People that say I don't know anything, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> I've been doing this too damn long, baby. Too damn long. I wish y'all could see the victories coming in, though, man. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. The people that say that they're motivated because of this is beautiful. The people that say that their their branches are listening to this and are motivated because of this is beautiful. So if you don't like it, I don't give two damn fucks about that. Right? I just don't. I'm going to read some things to you about what's going on around this country. And these are things that have been sent to me from different areas. Listen to this. It says, hey, Corey, I wanted to reach out and say I'm loving the podcast with all the info and rants you provide. It's a great way to get through my route. I'm what you would call a short-timer. Six months as a CCA, one year as a regular. This past Wednesday, March 22nd, Someone from National came into my office in this installation to talk to us about load times and stationary events. She started with load time, stating that too many people are wasting too much time taking up to an hour to load and that the time allocated for loading was 20 minutes. I asked her where it was that she got a 20-minute load time, to which she said it was a standard. I told her the only standards I was aware of are the 18 and 8 for casing. So she could show me where it says 20 minutes load time so I can learn how to properly do my job. She said I wasn't going to talk to her however I want and be disrespectful. I responded with asking questions is not disrespectful just because you don't have the answers and you're the one being disrespectful coming into my office telling us we're wasting time by not meeting your made-up numbers that you can show that you can't show where they came from in the first place. Our poom told all the carriers to go back to their cases and stop the meeting before she could get into stationary events. <laughs> Just want to let you know. <laughs> Here's a carrier with one year. You got a poom coming in, somebody from National coming up. He meant headquarters. National's us, headquarters them. 
ranting to the carriers about stationary events and about load times, saying, hey, y'all aren't making your load times. Y'all are taking up to an hour to load. And 20 minutes is the load time. This cat says, hey, where are you getting that from? It's a standard. Do you know where they got that from? These fucking memos. It's rampant right now. It's rampant. We need more people like this cat to hold up the hand and say, excuse me. Yes, ma'am. Where are you getting 20 minute load time at? It's a standard. Fantastic. Could you provide that for me? You're not going to talk to me like that and be disrespectful. I'm just asking you to provide it for me. If you could, so that I can learn. We'll just end this stand up talk. That's probably a good idea. That's what's going on right now. You got people from headquarters coming down. I've got another one I'll read to you in just a second. Saying, hey, y'all aren't doing anything. Y'all are wasting time out there, even though they've not watched us. Y'all are wasting time out there taking up to an hour to load. You get 20 minutes to load. What, where is that at? It's a standard. Y'all see what I'm saying? Headquarters is coming down with the poom saying that. Where are people at? Where's the business agent at? Raising hell about that. Too busy worried about ceasing assist at the B team selling us out. That's where they're at. If I'm a business agent, I'm going to the district manager's office the next day. And saying, who in the fuck was that going out on my workroom floor telling my carriers they got 20 minutes to load as a standard? Who in the fuck was that? We need to talk to them at the, at the national level. We need, to, we need to talk to somebody at the national level about headquarters coming down, giving us informa- misinformation. Where, where is this at? What is happening with us at the NLC? When did we become such pansies? I don't understand it. I've got business agent more worried about ceasing assist at the B team. You know what that's about? Money. That's about money. It's not about bankrupting the USPS. It's about bankrupting the NLC because you're too fucking worried about going to arbitration on this stuff. You're so busy worried about saving a penny that you're selling us out. Here's another one. That's what a guy sent me the other day. We've seen an uptick in this shit over the past few months. <laughs> I like how you started that out. We've seen an uptick in this shit over the past few months and attempted to deal with it locally by giving proper instruction on delivery procedures on accountable items found in DPS, residual, or flat tubs. Apparently, headquarters has found out that we're onto them and has now issued an official edict. The pathetic baby seals and local management are backtracking and putting this bullshit instruction out there, even though they know it's incorrect and contrary to instructions that they themselves have already given. We need to get this out there and get the MBAs to apply pressure upstairs to put a stop to this ignorant shit. The clerks are livid. The carriers are livid. The postal service has lost their fucking minds. Come on, baby. Talk to me. Just a couple of weeks ago, a woman named this who calls herself a headquarters operations specialist. Now, this is different from the other one I just read to you, okay? So, they're going everywhere. Who calls herself a headquarters operations specialist, entered two installations in this installation, unannounced, and proceeded to conduct a stand-up talk on both workroom floors with carriers. 
didn't even make contact with the installation head before doing it. Reports are, and this comes from labor and management sources, including one impu, that this dumbass proceeded to berate the carriers for poor performance specifically related to their load times. Now remember, this is a completely different state. She accused them of smoking and drinking coffee, talking and wasting time, and that her reports show that they are not compliant with the proper load times. Her reports. That's what it says. Her reports show that they are not compliant with the quote-unquote proper load times. You know this bullshit is coming from that stupid fucking poorly written MOU. Brian needs to grow some balls and put an end to this shit or at the very least address the membership and admit that he got hoodwinked and blamed Tolino for being disingenuous. But I digress. In one particular office, the care simply stood by and took it. That's our problem. My sources tell me that in the other office, the carriers pushed back. An argument ensued and things got a bit chaotic. The point is, we have to get this information out there so that our people can apply the necessary pressure on the MBAs to light a fire under headquarters. I'm sick of this bullshit. The service would not be so blatant to put out these directives in writing if they didn't think they would get their asses handed to them by the president of the NELC, and it all goes back to the TIREC. Ran over. Feel free to share this info with anyone that might find it useful or informational. I just did, brother. I just did. Uh, that's where we're at. The headquarters is sending people out to different stations, different branches, different offices, lying to us. That's how desperate they've become. Headquarters is sending people out. What are we doing? Where are we at? Anybody know? I see pictures all the time of some good training, good some good people joining the union and everything. Where are the NBAs at dealing with this shit? All this misinformation. Y'all heard about the whiteboards they're putting out with all that misinformation? Let me read one to you. Here's a guy that sent this to me. He says, uh, they're on a roll here. Time for yet another grievance. Projecting our leave times and not accounting for the fixed office time. They're putting on their cases, these whiteboards, and their leave times. Their reporting time is 8. The leave time, 8.30. Here's another one. Reporting time 8, leave time 8.33, leave time 8.34. Do you see what they're doing? They're conditioning us. I've got 33 minutes of fixed office time. How is it humanly possible to be gone at 8.33? You have given me no time. What are we doing about that? They said they're grieving it. Good. I'd ask them where they got that from because they're going to say what, pet? Because pet takes out your fixed office time. That's what they're going by. Remember again, when this first started last year, I said, mayhem, watch how they bastardized this. We, we did extensive episodes on PET, getting y'all ready for that. Extensive episodes on DOAS, getting y'all ready for that. Extensive episodes on curtailing mail, on 3996s, doing everything we possibly could on this podcast to get you ready because I could see this shit coming. You don't have to work here forever to know what these dumb fucks are fixing to do. This is what they do every single time. Here's another one. These got these big, these big whiteboards with the dry erase markers. <clears throat> and here's what it states. They put some inspirational quote on there. It says, the key is not the will to win. 
Everyone has that. It is the will to prepare to win that is important. That's beautiful. Then they got this data, 314.23. Office variance, 60 minutes. Office variance, 60 minutes. In blue, which means good, says point two, minus 0.26. Great job. Load time variance, 22 minutes. In red, 0.06. 12 routes met the goal. 13 did not. They're conditioning you. Folks, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I said that at the very beginning of this, these memos. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Everything that I said would happen has come true. Expect mayhem. Watch how they bastardize this shit. They got the shit on whiteboards now. I'll read it again. Load time variance, 22 minutes. In red, 0.06. 12 routes met the goal. What goal? The goal of 22 minutes load time? I'm going to ask them, where's that goal at? Where are you getting a variance of 22 minutes? Where's the goal? Uh, We didn't know that there was one. 13 did not. 0.20%, nine routes met the goal. Here's another one. Goal, depart to route versus geo depart. That's that's scanner data. In red, 0.40, 0.57. Here's another one. Goal, 0.25. Here's the goal, 0.25 time. Stationary time in red, 0.47, 33 instances, 0.42, 23 instances. There's there's another day down here when I tell another number. But it says stationary time, 0.47 in red, 33 instances. I'm going to ask them, where'd you get that at? When you say stationary time, 0.47, 33 instances, 33 instances of what? Stationary time. Oh, okay. Where'd you get that at? The scanner data. So you're watching carriers based off of that scanner data. I don't need discipline. You've got it on a fucking whiteboard that you're watching me, that you're spying on me and using covert techniques. I can't trust my union to go forward with that motherfucker though. When I say grieve everything, that's what I'm talking about. They write some stupid shit like that on the board. I'm grieving it. I'm grieving. They're going to have to just take this whiteboard and throw it out in the dumpster. Anything they write on it, I'm grieving that shit. But I can't trust my union to go forward with it. They're telling you that they're spying on you and using covert techniques. When it says on a damn whiteboard in the middle of the floor, stationary time, 0.47 in red, 33 instances. I'm grieving that. The M39 says you cannot do that. You can't spy on me. You done wrote it up there. I don't need any documentation. I've got a picture of it right here. They're conditioning us, NALC, on this workroom floor. They're conditioning us. And what are y'all doing about it? Not a fucking thing. Nothing. That's what just happened to the rule carriers. They were clueless about what was going on with them. Their union completely failed them. Y'all are doing the same damn things to us by letting us be conditioned on this workroom floor with this bullshit. Here's another one. Another whiteboard sent to me from somebody else. Another inspirational quote on the top. Continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Mark Twain. That's pretty. Office variance to 60 minutes. It's in blue, 0.04, so we, hey, 
That was good of us. We we beat that offense for 60 minutes, 0.04. Goal, 22 minutes. Load variance, 22 minutes. This is a completely different installation here. Goal, 22 minutes. I'm going to ask him where can I find that goal at. Point 12, 16 routes met the goal. Smiley face, awesome. They're conditioning y'all with kindness now. We, we, we want to make the boss happy. Look at the smiley face you put on there for us. We need to make them happy. Fuck them, man. Fuck management. Look at what they just did to y'all's brother, to your brothers and sisters in the rule carrier craft. Look at what they just did to them. Took $10,000 from them. I don't give a fuck when they get back off their routes. I don't care if they leave at seven and get back at eight. They fucked that craft, man. And we got people rejoicing on our side? Who in the fuck are we? What are we doing? That's our people right there, man. They're trying to do the same shit to us. With this bullshit, they're conditioning y'all to fuck y'all. They're saying an office variance, a 22-minute load variance, stationary times, hours per route cap, they're conditioning y'all. Do y'all know what management's going to do when they come in there and take four routes out of y'all stations? You think they're going to put up a smiley face for you and say, thank y'all so much for saving us all this money on these routes. Y'all did so good. We're going to take four routes out for you. Here's a smiley face written on a whiteboard. And we're kissing their ass. We got business agents kissing their ass. We better wake the fuck up, man. We better wake the fuck up. They are conditioning the city carrier craft with this bullshit right here. And we're not doing a damn thing about it. I'm going to keep reading it. Load variance, 22 minutes. It's in negative, 0.12. 16 routes met the goal. Awesome smiley face. Goal, 20.25, stationary time. It's in blue. We did good there. 0.31, 18 instances. They're telling you there that they're spying on you using covert techniques. I'd ask for the 4584s for the st- for the, the 18 instances of, of stationary time. Where's the 4584, please? I'm going to put an information request for the 18 instances of stationary time. I've got a picture of this whiteboard, so don't go over there and, and, and erase it. Let me see the 4584s. We don't have any. That's a fucking grievance. That's a grievance. Where's 22 minutes? Where's the goal at? 22 minutes load time. Hours per route average. 8.44 average is in red. These routes are are heavy. 8.44 average in red. Why is that in red? Why ain't that in blue? Do they think we did a bad job because our our routes are average at 8.44? (laughs) Why didn't you put that in blue for me? That's good for us. Here's another thing somebody sent me. They're conditioning us. My manager is going around yelling and swearing at carriers for taking too long to load the truck. Says we have to be done in a certain time. Does anybody know if there's a set time limit to load trucks? Yesterday I got yelled at and the clerks were still throwing parcels. He told me to leave for my route and come back when they were done. They only had two pallets left. I feel like this is a time-wasting practice. Y'all hear that? My manager's going around yelling and swearing at carriers for taking too long to load the trucks. He would do that one time. He would do that once. 
you would go around yelling and screaming one time in my station. And I would end that. I said, let me holler at you in the, in the, in the office just for a second. Come in here. Let me talk to you just for a second. Don't ever, ever go on that workroom floor and start yelling at my carriers again. Do you understand me? Don't you ever raise your voice to a letter carrier again like that. If you got an issue with a letter carrier, bring them back to the office and we'll talk to them. Don't you ever raise your voice to a city letter carrier on my workroom floor. I've had that, that talk with numerous supervisors and managers that come out there acting a fool. The second that voice is raised, let's go back in the office and let's talk just for a second. Shut that door. My name's Corey. I'm the shop steward here. Don't ever, ever do that again on that workroom floor. You will not treat my carriers with disrespect. So anyway, my manager's going around yelling and swearing at carriers for taking too long to load the truck. Says we don't we have to be done in a certain time. Where's he getting that at? Huh? They're conditioning us. Now they're yelling at us because of this fabricated load time, which should have never, ever been put on a fucking memo. I, I will say that until I die. That they should have never ever put times on a fucking memo and handed that out. You had to know. That came from somebody that signed that for us that was not on the workroom floor for any period of time. You cannot have worked on the workroom floor for any period of time and thought that that was a good idea to put times on a fucking memo. That's somebody who skyrocketed to the top and doesn't understand the workroom floor. Foolish. Foolish. Here's something else I was telling you about earlier. I was just informed that our business agent has instructed the step B to no longer... Uh, request a cease and desist as a grievance remedy for fear that it will bankrupt the USPS. Our contract is now toothless. We all need to establish as many cease and desists as possible on the local level before management gets wind, although I suspect they already have. How do you think that, that helps morale? How do you think that helps morale of those shop stewards that are busting their ass on the workroom floor to get cease and desist after cease and desist so that management will stop, and we've got a knucklehead at the NBA saying don't request a cease and assist. What do you think that does to the morale of a branch president who's been fighting their ass off, a formal A, a shop steward who's been fighting their ass off to get management to stop? It's not our responsibility to save the Postal Service. It's management's responsibility to manage and maintain the efficiency of the operations entrusted to it, right? Under Article 3, you're being management when you do that. You know what a cease and desist is supposed to do? It's supposed to get management to stop doing whatever they were doing. That's what cease means. When you say cease, it says stop. Do you know how much money would be spent if management stopped doing what they were doing? Zero. None. I say that all the time in arbitration. Management talks about undue enrichment. The union is just trying to profit status quo ante. And I say, do this. How about this idea? It's novel. Stop doing what you're doing. That's a novel idea. Arbitrator Roberts, I told him, Arbitrator Roberts, I, I, I promise you this on my name. I promise you this. If management stops doing what they were told to do, if they stop, I will not request another cent. 
I will not request another penny if they stop doing what they were told to stop doing. I promise you that. You will never see me again in arbitration. When they were told to stop, they should have stopped. When they did not stop, I have to do something to make them stop. And what is that? Put money in my people's pocket. That's what I have to do. So to the business agent saying that, you're a fool for saying that. And you don't understand your position. You don't understand what you're there for. It's not your obligation to say the postal service. It's your obligation to save the city letter carrier. And if you cannot do that, if that is above you, get the fuck out of that office and go do something else like going to labor and be an advocate for them. And hopefully one day we will meet up in arbitration and I will show you what it's about. You're sorry as hell for doing that. You sound like labor. We're under attack by some sorry son of a bitches. All this stuff I'm reading you is real. Headquarters is, is raining down on the city letter carrier craft MBAs. Step the fuck up and protect your people. Y'all should be fucking Tasmanian devils right now just ravaging shit. What are you doing? Why are you there? To, to collect money? You're fucking pitiful. Here's another one sent to me by email i got a question brother i have another issue they're installing tvs in my stations on the ceiling in the middle of the workroom floor and it's going to show a scorecard this is the only information i'm getting from management regarding this a scorecard of how well the carriers are doing they're installing tvs now that's how bold they've gotten they're installing tvs now with scorecards about the carriers what they're doing here's another thing complained about an MBA. We had a carrier call and complain who asked to remain anonymous. It was dealing with the route adjustment process and local branch. The stewards aren't doing anything. So they contacted the business agent and asked to remain anonymous. The business agent named there immediately called the president and told him who called. Now that carrier is ruined from trusting the MBA. After I told him he could call anonymously, the carrier was complaining about management telling carriers they had to answer phones on the street, backed by president so-and-so. What about that one? A carrier calls the business agent complaining about the local branch and management, saying, please, I want to remain anonymous. The business agent calls the president and tells him who just called. What part of y'all work for us don't y'all understand? What part of y'all work for us don't y'all understand? Here's another one. And this is all about conditioning. Anybody on here have or know of any grievances won concerning PM office time? My office has been told multiple different things the last couple of weeks about our PM office time. Now management wants it to be 10 minutes or less, even though what do still takes longer than 10 minutes. I'm sure that's a typo. Here's somebody says, we were told no more than five minutes. My last office was three minutes. I just take as long as it takes until they show me something. In Virginia, Beats, once you clock back in the office, you only have five minutes. That's what it says. In Virginia, Beats, once you clock back into the office, you only have five minutes. This one said they told carriers in my office that they had 30-minute window from the time they load to the time they get to their first stop. 
That's what they're saying on the working floor. The, they told carriers in my office that they had 30-minute window from the time they load to the time they get to their first stop. I told them, please show me what that memo that supports this, and they're having a hard time finding it because it doesn't exist. Let, let me tell you something, folks. The only standard we have, the only standard we have is 18 and 8 casing standard that is the only standard that we have is the casing standard we don't have a load standard we don't have a street standard we don't have an office one hour office standard we don't have a pm office duty standard we just don't i don't care what management says to you the only standard we have is 18 and 8 casing standard. That is the only one. If they say we have 22 minutes load standard, that's a grievance. If they say we have 5 minutes PM office time standard, that is a grievance. If they say your route only takes 3 hours on the street, that is a grievance. A lot of people are saying that the 3999s are being done and management's holding them to that. JB's going to do an episode on that soon. They're trying to give you a demonstrated performance. We don't have a demonstrated performance. When they go on the 3999 ride and they say, hey, look, you're taking, you know, you got the same amount of volume today as you did yesterday, and you're asking for 30 minutes and only took you eight hours. They are trying to give you a street standard when they do that. We don't have demonstrated performance because every day is different. Okay. So do not fall for all of that shit. 18 and 8 is the only standard that we have. We have no other standard. We have no other standard. Okay? Stationary vents is something made up. I would not answer questions about stationary vents. If they took me in the office, I'd say I'm working. Well, it shows stationary vents. What did you see me doing then? I was delivering mail. What did you see me doing? I didn't see you doing nothing. I got to get back to my route if you don't mind because you're wasting my time. I was delivering mail. Well, here it shows you're stationary for six minutes. What did you see me doing? I didn't see you doing nothing. Then why am I in here? If you saw me doing something, you should have stopped me the day you saw me doing it on the street and said, why are you sitting here? But you didn't because your fat ass is sitting here at the desk looking at a fucking computer. That's what you're doing. You're bothering a busy man here, right? I was delivering mail. That just pisses me off. Here's what it's getting. Here's a thread of about a thousand comments that I was watching the other day. And this is where the consensus is, not just the rule union. The entire postal service needs to be represented by a private union. Union's losing steam. Management's not afraid of the union at all anymore. There it said it. You should see the crap they're getting away with in my office. Union does nothing. When I was employed with the USPS, I would not join the union for this reason. It goes on and on and on and on and on. I think that the union thinks that they're immune because they are the sole representative of, of the crafts. And they think that they can be lazy as fuck with no repercussions. They think that they're, since they are the agent, 
As I read that one time, they are agents. They're designated. We can't go outside the union and get somebody else. They are lazy, fat, and worthless. And they're mad at me for getting on here trying to educate, doing their job? Piss off. Piss off. I don't give a fucking fuck what anybody thinks about me for doing what I do. I swear to God, I don't. I'm here for one reason and one reason only, to protect my carriers nationwide. And if you don't like it, you can kiss the entirety of this crack right now. All of it. That's what I think about you, if you don't like what I'm doing. I got some more. I'm going to keep going. This episode is going to be three fucking hours. I don't care. And I've got a lot of stuff I've got to do next week. JB's going to come and do a lot of stuff. I got so much stuff I'll never catch up. But we're going to keep doing it. Here's another one. So we just had a stand-up about 22-minute load time and one-hour office time. I know these aren't contractual, and it's something we're all hearing at all the offices. My question regards to over, overtime or pivots. Since they want accuracy through the scanners, I've been loading my route up and then switching my route over in the scanner to whatever overtime pivot I have and loading up those parcels as well. And if they are upset about our 22-minute load times, this should be added into that. I know a lot of people just put their pivot in and take off. I used to as well, but that's leaving a lot of time unchecked for manager to screw us over. You're entertaining the 22-minute load time. You're entertaining it. Don't try to figure a way around it. Don't acknowledge it. They can't do anything to you for going over it. If I'm working when I'm loading, there's not shit they can do to me. Nothing. And I can talk all I want to talk out there. I listen to music and dance while I'm loading my vehicle. As long as I'm working. We're entertaining the 22-minute load time. It's not contractual, sir. You're right. It's not contractual. It is rampant right now based off of these dumbass memos putting that stupid ass shit on there. Here's another one. I just talked about it. I hope you guys can help. My station had the route inspection via the scanner. And we had all our routes adjusted to as close to eight hours as possible. So management says my route recently had a 99 done this week. Unfortunately, it was an easy mail day, and I finished my route an hour early. Now my manager is stating that this is demonstrated ability and expects me to be done an hour early every day. I'm informed management that every day is different and that the route adjustment team said my route was a full route, 6 hours, 20 minutes, on the street. Since the 99, management has given me a pivot and directions to be done in 8 hours. I've informed management I'm unable to complete my route and the pivot to make an eight-hour day because my route isn't under time. I've been given a 1017B unauthorized overtime entry the past two days. How do I go about grieving this? I can't submit a 3996 because I'm not asking for overtime on my route. I complete my route in eight hours. Anything management gives me puts me into overtime. That's the reason you put in a 3996. That's where they're going. Just had a route inspection. They go immediately on a light day and do a 3999. They're going to try to circumvent the TRAP process with that. 
They're going to try to circumvent the TRAP process by doing a $39.99 on a light day after your route's already been evaluated by all of this data, all of these weeks, all of this scanner data. They're going to come in and do a one-day count, and JB's going to talk about one-day counts, how they can't be used against us. It'll be a very good episode. But they're going to use this one-day count, the $39.99, to show a demonstrated performance. They can't do that. They cannot do that. If you're being input into a 1017B log, have your shop steward grieve that to get it removed. You can do that. Jason actually did an episode on unauthorized overtime. Listen to that. Get it removed. They've lost their ass initially on these route inspections. Now look at what they've done. Look at what they're trying to implement to steal from us. They're lying to us. They're falsifying data. They're making up standards. They're making up office times. They're violating Article 5, changing our work methods over and over and over again. And we've got people saying, what difference does it make? Just do it. Just do it. They're conditioning you. When we say just do it, They've conditioned us to accept this. Never, ever accept this. You fight it all the time. Grieve it. Grieve it. Anything they do, we grieve in this installation. They don't get away with anything. If a whiteboard went up, it would be removed the next day. Grieve it, installations, branches, stations grieve it everything grieve it if you lose it who cares they're already doing it what's the what's the risk of grieving it we may lose it they're already doing it who gives a fuck if we lose well they can do that i'm gonna grieve it why because i may win it stop them doing it we got to quit being cowards we've got to quit being cowards man We are so worried about saving money from the national level. We're so worried about saving money. We have neutered ourselves in front of management. That's what we've done. Here's another one. I just listened to the last podcast. I want to thank you for calling out these MBAs. I just, what you call, graduated our regional arbitration class. Let me tell you, you and my president are two opinions I respect. I left our region training defeated. I feel like what I learned was to pre-arb everything possible. I sent up two removals a few weeks ago, and after this training, I have zero hope for these dues-paying members. Our own RAAs were telling us guilty is guilty, or in the practice case, the arbitrator was wrong that they should have been put out. How the fuck can an MBA or RAA ever say that? I decided I don't wish to go any further because it's ugly the higher you go. And I make way more of a difference here. Keep doing what you do. What about that shit? What about that? Here's an individual that's looking to go up. And he's studying. And he's working. And he's practicing. And he's grieving. And he's contending. And he says he goes to this training and it says all they told him to do is pre-arb everything. That's saving money. That's saving money. For what? What are you saving money for? Who cares if we're the richest union in the country? What are you saving it for? You work for me. Represent me. 
And he says that they had these removals. And the RAs are saying guilty is guilty. And had an arbitrator bring a carrier back and said that arbitrator is wrong. The carrier should have been put out. <sighs> okay. Guilty is guilty. It, if, look. <laughs> what did I say that time? Y'all remember y'all got a kick out of me saying that I don't care what you've done. If you're throwing all your mail over a bridge with a crack pipe in your mouth. Eight pounds of weed in the back of your vehicle with your wheels not curved, your engine running. I don't care. I'm fighting for you. You know why? That's what I volunteered to do when I became a shop steward. That's what I I told myself I was going to do, was fight for you. We do stupid things sometimes. Sometimes we come in and we, we do dumb things. Really dumb things. I have seen some dumb things happen. We do things that we should not have done. Does that mean guilty is guilty? Are you fucking stupid? Who in the fuck said that? That's a union representative at the business agent's office saying that? What in the hell? Who are you? And you're representing us? My God. I don't care what you've done. I don't care. I'm coming. I'm fighting. I'm looking for anything and everything I can to get you back. And we've got RA saying guilty is guilty. Son of a bitch. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. The friend of my enemy is my enemy. RAA. You are the friend of my enemy. Business agent saying that cease and desist. You are the friend of my enemy. So you are my enemy. You don't like me? Fuck you. I don't care. You are the enemy of me. You are the enemy of my brothers and sisters because you are a friend of my enemy, which is management, which is labor which is all these different positions that come down on my workroom floor and chastise and berate and belittle my carriers on the workroom floor. And y'all are saying, what? Guilty is guilty. Don't do a cease and assist. We're going to sit up here and save all this fucking money. Y'all fend for yourselves. Your bitches is what you are. I wasn't going to do this. It's been an hour and 10 minutes. I've not even started. I wasn't going to go here. You know? I told myself, honest to God, I told myself I'm not going to cuss this episode. I can't fucking help myself. Because I see my city letter carriers being done like this. Good God. This is crazy. I've been speaking an hour and ten minutes. I've not even got into what I was going to talk about. Son of a bitch. Mm, mm, mm. Here's another person that sent me this. This is a different person. They did a $39.99 on on me Wednesday. They are saying that if I finished an hour early on that day, they will use those numbers. If my volume of DPS and parcels are more than what I had Wednesday, then I should take longer to do the route. If my volume is less, then I should take less time to do the route. 
They, in effect, said I have to show them they were wrong. I ain't got to show them a fucking thing. You're using demonstrated performance. All I'm going to show you is 18 and 8 and a 39.96 if I need overtime. That's all I got to show you. That's all I'm required. Eight hours work for eight hours pay. I'm working from the time I clock in to the time I leave. We're the only craft that's held to that, that requirement. We're the only ones that from the time we clock on to the time we leave, every second is accounted for. I ain't got to show you shit. So Thursday, Friday, and today, my volume is less than the day of the $39.99. I've demonstrated that it takes what it takes. My pacing myself so as not to run through the route. I make sure to finish my route in eight hours. Then I can complete whatever split pivot they have for me. Because that extra work is putting me over eight hours. They are hitting me with a 1017 unauthorized overtime. Now, this is a different person than, than the one I read before. Never mind the fact that I verbally inform management in the morning that I won't make eight hours with the extra work. I also send a text message at 2 p.m. to keep them informed of my progress and to again let them know I won't make it in eight hours. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. Good for you. Good for you. You're doing everything that you're required to do. We'll get that 1017B entry taken out of there. Okay? That unauthorized overtime. We'll get it taken out. We'll grieve that and win that. All right, you're doing everything that you should do. So now they're doing 39.96, 39.99s immediately after the new route adjustment process when they come in and, and evaluate our routes. Here's their thing coming in with 39.99s. You've got this much mail, so every day you have this much mail should be hour and under or 30 minutes under. That's their new ploy, okay? They're trying to give you a demonstrated performance which we don't have. All right? Educate your people on that. It takes what it takes on the street in the afternoon. Here's another one. We now have whiteboards at all city cases. The boards have been in place for a while. That's what I was just reading to y'all earlier. Management has just started to write the DOAS information on the board. I want to nip this in the bud as soon as possible. Attached is a picture of the information they're putting on the boards. Any advice on how to attack this would be greatly appreciated. I'll probably have a hard time getting statements. I'm planning on using the pre-arbitration agreement that states DOAS cannot be solely used to determine times. I also point out how inaccurate DOAS is by comparing it to an 1838C done yesterday on our carriers. Has anyone else won this grievance to get management to cease and desist using these boards? If so, can I get a copy of the grievance? I want to make a great argument so my grievance doesn't get dropped somewhere along the line without getting the cease and desist. Well, hopefully you're not in the in the region of that business agent who just said, don't do a season assist. You're fucked. So there's another one with the whiteboards. Here's another one. So they just put these up, whiteboards. DPS, got the number DPS. Your leave time, 839. Your return night time, 319. That's put up at each case. So it's got DPS. It's got your leave time, 839, and your return time, 319. Grieve that and win it based off of DOAS, the DOAS memo. Okay. Well, they're not issuing discipline based off of DOAS. So, you know, that's what I always hear business agents saying. They're not issuing discipline based off of the DOAS projection. So really, who cares? Had this guy send me this. It's a notice of removal. Let's get into some discipline. Okay. Let's get into some discipline. I've done enough bitching. Let's get into some discipline. 
Here's a notice of removal. Let's read it together. You're hereby notified that you'll be removed from the Postal Service effective April 28, 2023. However, in accordance with the national agreement, this removal action will be deferred until after the Step B decision has been rendered or 14 days after the appeal to is received at Step B, whichever comes first. The reasons for this removal actions is unacceptable conduct. Okay, let's see what happened here that was unacceptable. As a postal employee... You hold a position of responsibility, high standards, and trust. I appreciate that. You are a member of a faithful and dedicated group that performs important functions in the United States Postal Service. You're expected to conduct yourself during and outside of work hours in a manner that reflects favorably upon the Postal Service. Postal employees are required to be honest, reliable, trustworthy, courteous, and of good character and reputation. Employees are expected to maintain harmonious working relationships and to not do anything that would contribute to an unpleasant working environment. This kind of sounds like the ELM, doesn't it? Hmm. All Postal Service employees have a right to perform his or her assigned duties in an atmosphere free of threats, assaults, and other acts of workplace violence. My God, what did this person do? We are committed in the effort to ensure a safe working environment for all employees. Threats or assaults made directly or indirectly toward any employee or postal service customer, even in jest, will not be tolerated. Man, I can't wait to hear what this person did. <laughs> this is fixed to get serious here. As such, the postal service's workplace must be one in which all employees are treated with dignity and respect by supervisors, subordinates, and coworkers. However, despite these reasonable rules and expectations, you have engaged in unacceptable conduct that does not reflect, reflect favorably upon the Postal Service. Here we go. On two separate occasions, you failed to follow both written and verbal instructions. The first time on Tuesday, 2-7, when given direct written instruction on RIMS and then verbally instructed from 204B, son of a bitch, and a second time on Monday, February 13, 2023, when given written instructions on ribs, and then verbally from OIC, son of a bitch. Okay? Tuesday morning on February 7th, you filled out a PS form 3996 for one hour and 50 minutes of assistance overtime. A one-hour pivot was taken from you in the morning. You are told that a half hour of the one hour and 50 hour was disapproved as the data in DOAS did not support that she would need that time. You messaged in on REM system that you would not be finished until 1630. The same morning, postmaster son of a bitch informed you that you did not have a valid medical restriction as you did not respond to the certified letter that was sent to you requesting an up to update such items. You were asked to provide updated medical documentation on two separate occasions, which you failed to do so in the allotted time indicated on the request. One that was delivered and signed for by you on November 8th, which you failed to provide the requested documentation as indicated within the seven days. Hmm. On February 13th, Supervisor Son of a Bitch had communicated the estimated return time for City 8 was 7.30. wonder how they got that estimated return time. 
you were also informed by so-and-so that you were mandated on your own route. At 1533, 204B son of a bitch received a REMS message from you. NMDB 8 past 4 MI. Translated to mandated past 4 for me. At that point, 204B son of a bitch had no additional help to send and instructed you to finish the route. At 1538, you sent a reply to REMS message to 204B son of a bitch and stated, Are you giving me a direct order to violate my medical restriction? You failed to follow 204B son of a bitch's and OIC son of a bitch's verbal instructions to finish your route. You chose to return to the office and did not complete your route that day. An express mail was also delivered on February 15, 2023, instructing you to provide medical documentation, which you failed to provide the requested documentation as indicated within the seven days. During the investigative interview held on February 23rd, you stated that on February 7th, you did not follow the written instructions and did not finish delivering mail on the route for that day. You also agreed that you did not follow the verbal instructions given to you by 204B son of a bitch when you returned to the office with delayed mail. You stated that you did not want to, to uh, go over 1600. You stated that on February 13th, you did not go back out to finish your route, even though even after written rims, this thing is written horribly, instructions, and then again after being instructed verbally from OIC son of a bitch. In addition, the following are elements of your past record, 14 days for unacceptable performance, which has nothing to do with unacceptable conduct, a 14-day suspension for unacceptable conduct. Your unacceptable conduct is a violation of your duties and responsibilities as a post employee, as well as a direct violation of 66511, 66513, 66516, 6653 of the Employee Labor Relations Manual. It is also a violation of the KSMO District Conduct and Discipline Policy, where it states that falsification of claims or records, including but not limited to leave requests and medical documentation, may be subject to disciplinary action up to and including removal. So here's somebody that was disciplined because they failed to be back when DOA said they should. And also they have medical documentation and management said they requested that medical documentation and update and you did not provide it. And that they discipline you for bringing mail back because you refuse to go over your doctor's medical restrictions. So we have DOA's projections, which I would bring up the memo and I'll talk about it here in just a second. We also have management trying to force a letter carrier to go over their medical restrictions, which we never, ever do. I don't care who tells you to do it. I don't care if the postal inspectors come in and tell you, go over your medical restrictions. I'm going to give them the middle finger in their face and walk out. If the poom comes in and tells me to violate my medical restrictions, I'm going to hold up my middle finger in his face or her face and say, right there. If somebody from headquarters comes down, and tells me to violate my medical restrictions, I'm going to hold up both hands, uplift both middle fingers to them, and say, right there. You know why? Nobody will ever tell me to violate a doctor's medical restrictions. Why? Because they're not doctors. That's why. They're not doctors, and they're not my doctor. That's why. My doctor went to school a long, long time. 
to diagnose me and to tell me what he thought was best for me or what she thought was best for me. And they thought that what would be best for me is to put me on some form of restriction. And with that restriction comes what? Responsibility on my part to obey those restrictions. Management doesn't care one damn thing about your restriction. They don't care. But they will when you file a grievance on them fucking with you about your restrictions. Okay? So when I filed this grievance under Article 16 and Section 115 of the M39 Handbook, I'm also going to have a separate issue under Article 14, right? Did management violate Article 14 by mandating me to violate my doctor's medical restrictions, right? That's a second issue on that. And the reason I'm saying this is because I told the person I'd go over it on this episode. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm making a separate issue. Okay. On that. I'm also, I'm going to incorporate with article 14, article 19 via M 1807, article 14 and 19 via M document 1807, which states in part, The case is significant because it highlights a growing trend in USPS EEOC complaints, allegations that managers are disregarding employees' medical restrictions. In this particular case, the judge found that management was on notice of the carrier's restrictions by virtue of medical documentation she had submitted to management as well as her statements regarding those restrictions. The carrier's primary restrictions were a limitation that she could work no more than eight hours per day and a requirement that she be granted a 10-minute stretch break every hour. The judge determined that the carrier was frequently required to work more than eight hours and that her workload was not adjusted to allow for the 10-minute breaks. There was also a finding that the carrier was harassed when she attempted to abide by her medical restrictions. Do you think that management issuing me a removal for not going over my medical restrictions, for not violating my medical restrictions. Do you think when management issues a removal from to me that that is a form of harassment? You damn right. <laughs> you damn right. Yes. Yes. It is the ultimate harassment. I'm telling you that I have a medical restrictions. A doctor's restrictions. I'm telling you that. You know that I do because you asked me to to update them. So you know I've got them. Why would you ask me to update something you didn't know I had? Right? So I tell you, I'm not violating my medical restrictions. I'm bringing the mail back that you gave me. And I'm going to leave the mail. I don't care if they threaten me with delaying first class mail. I don't give a shit what they threaten me with. It's your mail. Why? Because my doctor has said it's your mail. Because it's over eight hours. And see what this is, is my medical documentation. It says I can't do that. So therefore, I'm not doing it. So I got the DOAS memo, right? I've got the DOAS memo. Talks about what? You can't base my leaving or return time off DOAS. We're going to beat it with that. And then you've given me a removal based on medical restrictions. Article 14 and 1807. You're supposed to maintain my, my safety. 
right, with the help of the union, but that's your responsibility to make sure that I'm safe. I'm going to say that you're not, you're not concerned with my safety if I'm telling you that I have restrictions. You know that I have restrictions, and you fired me for not violating those restrictions. I'm going to say that's a violation of Article 14. I don't know about you, Mr. Arbitrator, but when I say that the Postal Service is charged with maintaining my safety and they fired me for not going over a doctor's restrictions, I'm going to say that's a violation of 14. Also, 1807 kind of applies because management's been put on notice. This, this memo says it, that they've been told to quit doing the shit that they're doing. They're doing it anyway. Okay? So that person who sent me that removal, based off of the removal notice, that's where I would go. Now, I don't know. I haven't seen the investigative interview because I'm going to look and see if they listed any of these 15 things that they cited I violated. I'm going to see if they did that. I'm going to say no. Okay? Let's talk about, let's talk about time projection tools. Okay? Let's talk about time projection tools. And then I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to read a lot on uh, these, the doctor's request, the requesting, the, uh, when management requests documentation, okay? And I got some more shit. It's going to be a while, I told you. I shouldn't have ran it for an hour, but this is how it is. Time projection tools. Now, this is what you're going to use on this removal, okay? When we're dealing with the DOAS part where they said that DOAS said you're going to be back this time. Okay, so we got two portions based off your removal. We got DOAS and you got the medical documentation. I showed, just told you how you're going to beat the medical documentation. And I'm also going to give you something here in just a second, JB sent me. Time projection tools, all right? Recently, NELC received notification from USPS of a change to the Delivery Operations Information System, DOAS, a time projection tool used in many locations by management to estimate the daily workload of city carriers. USPS informed NELC of his intent to reduce the amount of time allocated to parcel delivery from 90 to 60 seconds per parcel when DOAS estimates a route street time. This change to DOAS does not modify any contractual rights or handbook provisions for city letter carriers. You, see, you hear that? Management has come in and said, hey, look, we used to give them 90 seconds per parcel put into DOAS. We're going to change that to 60 seconds per parcel putting in the DOAS. So they're evaluating y'all's routes on 60 seconds per parcel. Was well, 90 seconds. But no justification. We're just going to reduce that 30 seconds to 60 seconds, okay? That's the reason we don't consider DOAS. It's because it's some fictional made-up bullshit that they use. Over the years, the Postal Service has developed various tools to estimate the daily workload of letter carriers. Misuse of these tools by frontline supervisors has been the subject of multiple grievances that have risen to the national level. It is important for letter carriers and shop stewards to understand the national level settlements pertaining to the time projection tools and how they relate to the use of these tools on the workroom floor. While the names have changed with each newly developed tool, what has not changed are the letter carrier's responsibilities and reporting requirements outlined in Handbook M39, Management Delivery Services, and Handbook M31, City Delivery Carrier's Duties and Responsibilities. In the past, NELC has challenged the use of any projection derived from the use of these tools 
as the sole determinant of a carrier's daily workload or as the sole basis for disciplinary actions for the person who sent me that removal. These issues have been resolved in several national-level settlements regarding time projects and systems. This article discusses these settlements as well as the National Agreement and the Postal Service Handbook Provisions Related to USPS Developed Time Projections Tools. In 1979, NALC and USPS came to agreement M00394, M00394 for the person with the removal, in NALC's Materials Reference System, MERS, concerning the use of the Delivery Unit Volume Recording System, DUVRS, was an early tool used to project office time for letter carriers. This settlement states that DUVRS will not constitute the basis for disciplinary action for failure to meet minimum standards and that the program will not constitute the sole basis for a carrier's leaving time. In 2001, a national-level settlement, M1444, M1444, was signed regarding three different projection systems. M1444 makes clear that these three projection systems will not constitute the sole basis for discipline and that no function performed by post or DOIS now or in the future may violate the national agreement for that person with the removal. The agreement also quotes section 242.332 of handbook M39 which states, no carrier shall be disciplined for failure to meet standards except in cases of unsatisfactory effort which must be based on documented unacceptable conduct that led to the carrier's failure to meet office standards. M1444 also reinforced language agreed in on the 1985 national level settlement M304 stating, there is no set pace at which a carrier must walk and no street standard for walking. We covered all of this back when I was doing the, the memos. In 2007 settlement M1664, protected letter carriers from management's use of DOAS time projections. The parties agreed that DOAS projections are not the sole determinant of a carrier's leaving or return time or daily workload. As such, the projections cannot be used as the sole basis for corrective action. The settlement also makes clear that for the use of DOAS does not change the letter carriers or supervisor's responsibilities and requirements found in Handbook M39 and Handbook M41. I'm going to read that again for the person with this removal. In 2007 settlement 1664, M1664, protected letter carriers from management's use of DOAS time projections, the parties agreed that DOAS projections are not the sole determinant of a carrier's leaving or return time or daily workload. As such, the projections cannot be used as a sole basis for corrective action for the person with the removal. The settlement also makes clear that the use of DOAS does not change the letter carriers or the supervisor's responsibilities and requirements found in Handbook M39 and Handbook M41. In 2011, NALC and USPS settled a national-level interpretive dispute over management's use of an office efficiency tool. Developed in the Greater Indiana District, this settlement, 1769M1769, extends the same protections contained in M1664 
to management's use of the office efficiency tool. That was the subject of this grievance. The term, the terms of M1769 also are applicable to any management office or street time projection tool system currently in use or similar tool system developed in the future. The language states, the subject office efficiency tool is a management tool for estimating a carrier's daily workload. The office efficiency tool used in the greater Indiana district or any similar time projection system tool will not be used as a sole determinant for establishing office or street time projections. Accordingly, the resulting projections will not constitute the sole basis for corrective action. This agreement does not change the principle that pursuant to section 242.332 of handbook M39, no care shall be disciplined for failure to meet standards except in cases of unsatisfactory performance, which must be based on documented unacceptable conduct that led to the carrier's failure to meet office standards. Furthermore, as stated in the agreement for case there, there is no set pace at which a carrier must walk and no street standard for walking. So those of y'all who are fighting your 1017B entries because management did a one-day 39.99 and said that they're going to show a demonstrated performance, use these same memos. We have no set pace for walking. What they're trying to do is give you a demonstrated performance on a light day. Every day is different. If you worked at the post office for a week, you know that every day is different. There are different situations out there. That's what they're trying to do. When the T-Rap comes in, and they say, hey, your route is eight hours and 30 minutes. Management will immediately find a, a, a day where you have no mail. We're going to do a $39.99 on you. We're going to walk with you. You got done in seven hours. So from now on, when you get the same volume, seven hours. Use these same memos in the same language out of the M39. There is no set pace at which a carrier must walk, and there is no street standard for walking. That's what they're trying to do. That's how you're going to beat the 1017B entry, okay? That's one of the ways you're going to beat it. Projections are not the sole determinant of a carrier's leaving or return time or daily workload. The use of any management-created system or tool that calculates a workload projection does not change the letter carrier's reporting requirements outlined in Section 131.4 of the Handbook M41. The supervisor scheduling responsibilities outlined in Section 122 of Handbook M39 or the letter carriers and supervisors' responsibilities contained in Section 28 of Handbook M41. So to the individual that got removed, when they're using DOAS and you called and you told them you couldn't make it, and they said, yes, you can, based off of this, and you called back and you said, hey, I can't make it, you did exactly what you're required to do. You put them on notice. I'm not going to be able to make it. What do you want me to do? Keep going. Well, it's going to violate my restrictions. Keep going. Okay, when you brought the mail back, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. The letter carrier's reporting requirements referenced in M1769 and outlined in Section 131 of Handbook M41 read in relevant part as follows. Here's 131.4 reporting requirements. 131.41, and I've done all this back in the memos, but I'll do it again. It is your responsibility to verbally inform management when you're of the opinion that you'll be unable to case all mail distributed to the route perform other required duties, and leave on schedule or when you will be unable to complete delivery of all mail. 131.42. Inform management of this well in advance of the scheduled leaving time and not later than immediately following the final receipt of mail. 
Management will instruct you what to do. 131.43, complete applicable items on Form 3996, care auxiliary control. If overtime or auxiliary assistance is authorized in the office or on the street. 131.44, report on Form 1571, all mail undelivered, including all mail distributed to the route but not cased and taken out for delivery. Estimate the number of pieces of mail. 131.45, do not curtail mail or eliminate any scheduled delivery or collection trip unless authorized by manager, in which case you must record all facts on Form 1571. Now, this would be different because you're going to curtail that mail that you brought back because your doctor said don't work past your restrictions, okay? 131.46, before you leave the office, enter on Form 1571, the mail curtailed. When you return, add any mail which was not delivered and which was returned to the office. Follow any special local procedures set up to identify errors and corrective actions for mail returned because it was out of sequence. Section 28 of Handbook M41 outlines the procedures for letter carriers to fill out PS Form 3996, carrier auxiliary control, and to submit it to the supervisor when the letter carrier estimates that the daily workload cannot be completed in the allotted time. It also details the requirement of the supervisor in item L of the form, a complete explanation of Section 28 PS Form 3996 and related USPS. Supervisor responsibilities can be found in the letter carrier resource guide available at NALC.org backslash resource guide. To order a printed version uh, the guide, log on to the members only section of the NALC website, click the check box below an image of the guide and copy a mail to your NALC address of record. So there you go to the person that had the removal. We talked about DOAS, their projections. That's what you're going to put in there. All of those memos, all of that documentation, everything that you can put in that contentions, you're going to do it because you've been removed. We're going to get your job back. The medical documentation, Article 14 and 1807, like I said, make that a second issue. The first issue, obviously, is did management violate, our, violate Article 16 and 19 via Section 115 of the M39 Handbook and the National Agreement when they issued city letter carrier so-and-so a removal for their alleged unacceptable conduct, uh, however you write it up. And um, so that's how we're going to defeat that, okay? Get your investigative interview. They better have asked you about uh, M39 and uh, also should have made you aware of the Kansas-Missouri District's conduct of discipline policy. Uh, we need to make sure that we are aware of that because that's a just cause principle. Was the employer aware of the rule? So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. When you get discipline, you should be able to, beat, to defeat that in minutes when you look at it, Okay. You've got reviewing concurring authority, uh, electronic signature. I always, always question electronic signature. You didn't do nothing. Okay, so there's that one. I think I've got another one. Oh, yeah, here's another one. Uh, some discipline somebody told me, and I said that I'd talk about it here. This is a letter of warning dated March 31st of 2023. And it says, uh, this official disciplinary letter of warning is being issued to you for the following reasons. Charge, disobedience to orders given, failure to follow instructions. Listen to me now. Listen to me, new stewards. Let's, let's defeat this for this person, okay? It's our first step to our removal, letter of warning. They're just as important as removals are. 
Okay, so new stewards, let's listen. This is official disciplinary letter of warning is being issued to you for the following reasons. Charge, disobedience to orders given, failure to follow instructions. Specifically, on March 2nd, 2023, you were instructed to deliver all mail. You failed to obey orders that was given. This is not a new rule or new expectation. It is a daily expectation that all carriers adhere to. Your actions are a violation of postal regulations, employer and labor relations manual, 665 Postal Service Standards of Conduct, 66513, discharge of duties. Employees are expected to discharge their assigned duties conscientiously and effectively. 66515, obedience to orders. Employees must obey the instructions of their supervisors. If an employee has reason to question the propriety of a supervisor's order, the individual must nevertheless carry out the order and may immediately file a protest in writing to the official in charge of the installation or may appeal through official channels. Handbook M41, City Carrier Delivery Duties and Responsibilities. 131.41, Reporting Requirements. It is your responsibility to verbally inform management when you are of the opinion that you will be unable to case all mail distributed to your route, perform other required duties, and leave on schedule, or when you will be unable to complete delivery of all mail. This action was taken to impress to you on you that you must correct your work deficiencies and demonstrate adherence to postal regulations, failure to meet the above stated or other legitimate work expectations may result in further discipline up to and including removal from the postal service. So here's the charge. Specifically on March 2nd, 2023, you're instructed to deliver all mail. You failed to obey orders that was given. This is not a new rule or new expectation. It is a daily expectation that all carriers adhere to. What in the fuck happened? What did I do? How did I fail to, to obey orders? On March 2nd, you're instructed to deliver all the mail. You failed to obey the order. How? What did I do? Did I bring something back? No idea. I would give that to an arbitrator the very beginning of the arbitration. I would, t- I would take to that page. And I would say, if you can tell me what happened here, we can end this, this arbitration right now. This is my opening. Mr. Arbitrator, if you turn to page so-and-so, if you can tell me what happened right now, I'll get up and walk out of here, and we'll take this letter of warning. Because that's the charge. That's what I have to defend the care against is the charge, right? The charge that you brought against them. What in the fuck did I do? I have no idea. What did I did I bring back something? Doesn't tell me. It says you're instructed to deliver all mail. You failed to obey orders that were given. What orders were given? Who gave them to me? What did I bring back? If that's what I did, make sure that charge is specific and detailed. Because this is what I have to defend the carrier against. It needs to tell me with some form of specificity what happened. This doesn't tell me anything. What happened was they sent something to labor and labor said you don't have any discipline. So some dumbass typed this up locally. Right? So make sure, new stewards, when we see this, if it doesn't tell you what happened, grieve that it doesn't tell you what happened. It has to tell us with some specificity what occurred. 
This doesn't tell me anything other than on the on the second, I was instructed to deliver all mail and I failed to to obey the instructions, which I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means at all. Okay, so to you, the one that sent me that letter of warning, that's where I'd start. That's where I'd start. I, I would I would be hesitant, and I know this sounds terrible, and scary. Uh, but if you don't tell me what happened in the charge, I'm not going to make a whole lot of contentions, because you're you're dispelling your own argument. Okay. I'm not going to make a whole lot of contentions on a letter warning that doesn't tell me anything. I'm going to say I wasn't able to properly defend him because the charge doesn't tell me anything. I don't know what happened. If you have 15 pages of what happened, they're going to say, well, obviously you were able to defend him somewhat. I got 15 pages of contentions. When I request the information, we can base, we can argue against the information that was requested. But my first contention the first contention I make, if I got 10 pages of contentions, nine of them are going to be that the charge was not specific and it didn't tell the union what happened and therefore I could not defend the carrier properly. Okay? Here's another thing that was sent to me. This is discouraging as hell. I mean discouraging as hell. Somebody sent me a step B decision talking about the start time grievances. It's a two-page decision. This is what it says. Issue. Did management violate Articles 8.4515 and Section 122 of the M39 Handbook via Article 19 of the National Agreement when it changed the start times for the city carriers at the certain installation? If so, was the appropriate remedy? Decision. The Step B team has agreed management was not in violation of the National Agreement when they charged the start, changed the start times of the letter carriers at the certain post office. Explanation. Management posted a notice on 1-9 that starting times for all carriers will be changed to 8 a.m. effective Tuesday, January 17th. The union objected and filed this subject grievance. Union's formal A contentions. The union contended that the carriers at, the, at this post office had their start times changed to 8 a.m. There is at least 80% of the mail available when the carriers report to work. The times were changed based on the inability of the mail to be ready for the carriers in the morning. Management notified the letter carriers Monday, 1-9, on the start time to take effect the following week. Mail is ready at 7.30. That's the union's position. Management's position at the formal A, none provided. None provided. Union's pages of contentions, 245. The union's... Number of contentions, 245 pages. Management, zero. None. Brought nothing to the formal A. And we lost. The B team said that it's not a mandate to have 80% of the mail. What about that? What about that one? Would y'all be hot about that? Boy, I'd be a mad son of a bitch. I mean mad, boy. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We kowtow to these people, man. You don't even come to Formal A with any contentions. You don't even give a shit. You don't even care. The union, 245 pages. And, and, and we kowtow to them. 
bend over for him. The friend of my enemy is my enemy. That's how I feel. The friend of my enemy is my enemy. It says, based, uh, basis for a decision after a close examination of the joint file. There is no joint file. They didn't put anything in there. It should have said, a close ex examination of the union's contentions. The SEPB team determined that based on the facts of the case, uh, file management was not in violation of the national agreement when they changed the start times to 8 a.m. Management was within their contractual rights to adjust the start times at this post office. The M39 is clear when it states, consider the factors such as mail arrival. It does not mandate that start times must be based on the arrival of 80% of the carrier's mail, as the union argues. Management has the right to make a decision on starting times based on the variety of factors per Article 3, which management did not contend in their case file. That is a new argument brought to be. They would not be able to provide a witness in arbitration because they did not participate at the lower levels. And I would object strenuously if management attempted to bring somebody in there to rebut my contentions, which they should have done on Article 15 at the formal A. There is no evidence of a violation of Article 5 in this instance. The J. Campbell, page 5-1, discusses unilateral actions where it states, and it's a bunch of horseshit. Two pages of decision. When I say that we're being conditioned, we're helping management condition us. They come in and do whatever in the fuck they want. They say, well, in Article 3, they have the right to manage. They're doing whatever in the hell they want to us, and we are bending over and letting them do it because we don't have the cojones to do anything about it. We are a weak union at the higher levels. We just are. We're trying to make warriors down here on this workroom floor. I mean fucking warriors, and we're doing it. There are people that are flat out getting it down here on this workroom floor. That's that's where it's in the trenches down here on this workroom floor, right? Y'all ain't messing with nothing up here at y'all's level, man. Y'all are whining and dining with, the, with, with that side. Down here on this workroom floor, we're equipping warriors. We're making warriors down here, see? And, and y'all are doing this to us? Remember when I said the friend of my enemy is my enemy? That goes for y'all too. That goes for y'all too. Believe that. That goes for the union too when I say the friend of my enemy is my enemy. Give me the carriers on this workroom floor. I'll go to war with them. I'll go fight with them. That's who I'm going to fight with. I don't want to fight with somebody who I don't know if it's going to take off running from me because you've been too busy kissing the crack of management. When shit hits the fan, you ain't going to be there. Give me the, give me the wars on the workroom floor who deal with it every damn day with the sorriest pieces of shit you've ever seen in management coming in there trying to fuck with us. And every day we strap it up, baby, and go in there and get it. All right, I'm going to go over this, and then I got one more thing. Holy smokes, two hours. I told you I was going to be long. I had somebody send me this, and we're going to talk about this, and I'm going to talk about one more thing. <laughs> I know it's, it's long. It's a lot, but somebody sent me this the other day, and this kind of goes along with the removal I talked about earlier. 
And it says, subject, request informal work assignment accommodation five days per work week. The Postal Service is entitled to periodically review all employees' work restrictions. Please submit medical documentation dated no earlier than 30 days prior to the date of this letter. That includes, end of it's cut off, objective information regarding your current work restrictions. Inclusive of this request is the something objective medical information that precludes you from working more than five days in a work week. Failure to submit the required updated medical information could result in termination of your informal work assignment. Medical documentation should address the following. An explanation as to the nature of the employee's illness and injury sufficient to indulge to management that the employee is unable to exceed five days per work week. The information to describe the specific activity limitations that are recommended, number of hours standing, walking, repetitive motion of an affected shoulder, etc. The rationale for the restriction and objective documentation of the medical condition that necessitates the activity restrictions. Anticipated duration of the restriction. Please submit this updated medical documentation directly to the medical unit within 30 days of receipt of this letter. You can mail the documentation to United States Postal Service, Occupational Health Service, blah, blah, blah. Sincerely, this dumbass. So we've got another one of these. They talked about that on the removal. I'm going to read something to you. It's a little lengthy, and I apologize. But it's going to help us here. And this is something Jeremy's going to put up for you. It's very, very good it's a lot of reading, so I apologize, okay? We're already at two hours, but I said I was going to do this. It's a grievance that's uh, out of a certain district. NLC informal step A contentions, and these are the contentions. These are the individual who sent me that about the medical documentation, and it's also for this removal notice, okay? The union alleges a violation of the above-cited articles when management established new policies outlined in the SOP relating to the establishment of a new criteria and requirements for letter carriers who may not work beyond eight hours in a service day and or 40 hours in a service week due to medical reasons. That sound familiar? You know what I just read? The SOP includes the following requirements in part. An employee that has a non-job-related illness or injury and requires limited work hours must submit a written request to their installation head requesting limited hours. The written request must be supported by a medical statement from a licensed health care provider with the following information. Nature of condition, that was one of those. Medical rationale for work hour limitation, the exact same thing we read. Actual number of hours limited per day per week. And the duration of the limitation. All of those things I just read to you off of the one we just got. At the request of the supervisor or manager to the OHS staff will assist by reviewing the medical documentation to benchmark the request against established occupational medical principles. The OHS staff will communicate the results of the review to the supervisor or manager via email. The SOP policy established relative to 8 and or 40 hour work restrictions violates the national agreement in several aspects. More information continues to be obtained by the union as this grievance moves along. There is no contractual authority for all requirements related to the request for medical information. And additionally, there is no authority or estab- for establishing any benchmarks against established 
occupational medicine principles. Such violation, such request for detailed medical reasoning to support 840 work restrictions violates the following. JCAM page 2.2 provides. Article 2 also gives letter carriers the contractual right to object to and remedy alleged violation of the Rehabilitation Act through the grievance procedure. Postal Service guidelines concerning reasonable accommodations are contained in Handbook EL-307, Guidelines on Reasonable Accommodation. Arbitrator Snow, in national-level case there, found that requests for 840-hour limits are not subject to a light-duty request and added in part, there's another reason for concluding that the parties did not bargain for management to enjoy an unfettered right to include overtime as a requirement of any job. The parties intended their relationship to be circumscribed by the law, including such legislation as the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 and the ADA, such implicit limitations on the parties' relationship cannot be ignored. Management's authority to assign overtime work must be understood within the context of laws such as the Americans with Disabilities Act. The employer's authority to order overtime is not unfettered and such overtime assignments cannot be viewed as an implied part of every job description. Management's right to require overtime of employees must be understood not only within the context of the party's contractual agreement, but also as informed by relevant legislation. Those sources make clear that the right of management to require overtime does not translate into an implied or inherent qualification for every postal position. Handbook EL 307, Section 53 states, Where no request for reasonable accommodation has been made by the employee or some act, someone acting on his or her behalf, the Rehabilitation Act limits your ability to make disability-related re inquiries to that person or to the medical personnel who may have illicit information about an employee's disability, e.g., what pres prescriptions are you taking? Have you ever received workers' compensation payments? Such questions cannot be asked of employee, the employee's co-workers, family members, the employee's health care providers, or postal service medical personnel. However, you may make disability-related inquiries and require medical examinations when you have a reasonable belief, based on objective evidence, that an employee's ability to perform essential job functions may be impaired by a medical condition or if an employee may pose a di direct threat to his or her own health or safety of the others due to medical condition. Section 865 of the Employee and Labor Relations Manual states, Return to work clearance may be required for absences due to an illness, injury, outpatient medical procedure, surgical, or hospitalization when management has a reasonable belief based upon reliable and objective information that the employee may not be able to perform the essential functions of his or her position, or B, the employee may pose a direct threat to the health or safety of him or herself or others due to the medical condition. In making the determination, management must consider the essential function of the employee's job, the nature of the medical condition or procedure involved, guidance from the occupational health nurse administrator, occupational health nurse, and or the postal service physician, regarding the condition or procedure involved and, and any other reliable and objective information to make the individual assessment whether there is a reason to require the return to work documentation. The SOP policy as outlined in the case file must be declared 
in conflict with the national agreement and immediately rescinded. In addition, any and all affected letter carriers must be made whole for lost any lost wages remotely related to the establishment of these rules. Goes on formal step A contentions. In addition to the positions outlined in the case file, the union adds that the DOS decision cited by the service is not dispositive of the issues here. That decision is specific to ELM 513-332, and the right to request info is specifically to determine if A, the absence is FMLA related, B, it's a job related injury, or three, for RTD as per ELM 865-513-332. Additionally, that decision does not consider Rehab Act requirements for every instance. From our viewpoint, DOS does not cover this issue. There is no contractual authority for management to require medical inquiries, including rationale or nature or condition, when an employee submits a document that states that he or she cannot work more than eight hours in a day or 40 hours in a week. Such requests should be granted based solely on the submission of a note from a treating physician that states the basic restriction. Any further medical documentation requirements are in conflict with and in violation of the national agreements as stated within the grievance. When management was stopped from considering requests for limited work hours as light duty, it is clear that they attempted to continue the exact same requirements for medical documentation using the term light duty. Everything else is the same. But I'll have this up. It's got all the language that I just talked about. So if you're getting these, these letters to provide medical documentation for your restriction, I'd grieve that. I'd grieve it. For that person that in the removal, I'd put all this in there as well. When your manager said that they sent you a letter. Uh, Jeremy's going to put this up for you. Uh, it's very good. It's out of Region 3. Um, and I would put this entire thing in there. It's quite lengthy, but it's very good. Uh, next week, I was going to do load times this week, but we're on two, two hours. I'm going to do this load truck feature. They can't do that. It's a grievance. Okay. Uh, headquarters sent out an SLP talking about that's for new hires. But you got 20-year carriers out there doing a damn load truck feature. Why? Why? That's stupid. And people that say don't worry about it, worry about it. Why? Because fuck management. That's why. That's why we do everything as shop stewards. Right? Anything they do, I'm grieving it. I said that a million times. But next week, we'll do the load truck feature. Um, we're going to grieve that. And we're going to win it. We've grieved it here in the national installation. JB sent me the contentions, uh, also the SOP. Um, and so we'll do that. There's some other things that people have sent. I was going to do that tonight, but I, I did a damn hour rant in the beginning. So I apologize about that, but we're going to do this load truck feature grievance next week. Um, some other things are going to have JB come on. There's a lot of stuff he needs to do because he's not doing any podcast. He needs to get his ass back in here and do one. Okay. So, <laughs> Hey, I love y'all to death, man. It's good to be back. Thank you again to John last week for coming on here, doing a fantastic episode. I've got Mr. Billups going to come on and, and fix that for me. So I can quit screwing that up, but, uh, did a little bit of discipline, did the medical documentation, requirement i'll have that up on from arbitration.com i have jeremy put that up you can go on there you can download this file just change the branch change the region make that your own copy and paste all that information on there again it's from region three very good stuff um 
And so if they're putting these things, giving you these things about updating your medical documentation to this person on that removal where they did that, put all this in there as well. We're going to educate an arbitrator on, on this, showing that management are fools. Okay. Uh, so hopefully that rant helped you a little bit because those are the things that are going on right now are being conditioned. Okay. They're conditioning us because we're not educated. And, but we're going to educate ourselves, all right? From arbitration.com, get on there. Um, look for the episodes. If you go down to episodes and you find the episode that I talked about something or JB or Mike or Jay or John talked about, look on those episodes. The, it'll prompt you to the sites and stuff on that episode, so that'll help you, okay? Thank you to Jeremy for that. The shirts are coming. All right, Jeremy has taken that over, him and Lindsay. Uh, he's had to go through the nonprofit, so we're doing all that paperwork now. We're having to sign all this, get a committee together. All that stuff is very uh, tedious, uh, but that's coming to a conclusion there. So we'll finally start having these shirts. So people that are asking about the shirts, they're coming, okay? Uh, and so I think Lindsay has finally found a provider for those that are going to make the shirts, but we had to get the, the nonprofit because I'm not keeping any of the money. I'm giving all the money to MDA. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't hit with a big tax for all this money because I ain't keeping it. And so uh, thank you to Jeremy for doing that on the nonprofit. From Ada Arbitration, the Facebook page, Miss Lindsay Brzee, she's doing a fantastic job there. Uh, Y'all are doing a fantastic job of interacting with her. Um, she does a great job, man. She's a great girl. Uh, Discord. That's booming. That that has tripled and people that have gotten on there. If you go to formatearbitration.com, it will have a prompt to Discord, also to Reddit. That dude does a fantastic job. Some hilarious stuff on there he does about episodes. And so uh, get on there as well. Um, also, the YouTube channel, Jeremy does that. It's great. He, you can actually see things. He's got documentation for you there to look at. That's the YouTube channel. Let's see what else we got. <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, if I miss something, I apologize. But um, y'all have a fantastic week, okay? We're in this fight. We're in this fight, okay? We're in this fight. Love on your real care, brothers and sisters, right? Because the enemy of my enemy is my friend at the end of the day. And they are the enemy of my enemy who is management, right? And the friend of my enemy is my enemy. Whatever title you have, right? Whatever you have on your shirt, whatever it says, I don't care. But the friend of my enemy is my enemy. Regardless of who you are. And so if you're hurting the city letter carrier, you're my enemy. And I will call you out all the time. And if you don't like it, I don't give two shits. You're my enemy. All right? We're here to educate. We're here to empower. We're here to motivate. It's a movement that we have going. It's a crazy amount of downloads we have on this thing. And that's because of y'all spreading the word, trying to get involved, trying to get interested, trying to get educated. That's what it's about. We're going to make warriors on this workroom floor. That's what we're going to do. We'll make a movement. And if you're not with us, we'll vote your ass out. Okay? 
And we'll have people in position that are with us that won't do stupid things like these business agents are doing, that won't do stupid things like these B teams are doing, that won't make dumb decisions like the NLC at the highest level are doing. We'll get people in place that are there for one reason and one reason only, to protect city letter carriers. That's all I care about. Everything else is just white noise. I don't care about it. It doesn't affect me. doesn't bother me. I don't care about you. You're irrelevant to me. The only thing that's relevant are those in light blue. All right? Y'all have a great week. I love y'all to death. All right? We're going to keep fighting. I promise you that. We ain't going nowhere. I'll talk to you next Sunday. We'll do the load truck feature grievance. That'll be very good for you. Um, and some other things that have come in, uh, dog bites, uh, accidents, and things like that are going to be covered next week as well. Okay? You have a great rest of the week, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye.